the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show, and I just feel very humbled, that's the word for today, uh, to be with you. And, you know, when we think about our thankfulness and think about all the things that are wonderful, all the things that are going well, right now, especially, we need to be focusing on those things because there's so much negativity coming at us, isn't there? It's really important that we just count our blessings and think about the things that are going well. So... Think about those things and what are those things? You know, you can list them out on a paper so that you can be reminded or put them on your mirror so you can look at them every morning. I don't know, whatever works for you. But uh, we need to take the time to just give thanks in all things. And, you know, when, when God says that, he's not just talking about when things are going well. He's even talking about it when circumstances aren't the way we want them to go. And uh, it's really hard to do that. It's just like when he says to pray for our enemies. It's really hard. It's difficult for us in our humanness to pray for our enemies, but we're called to do that. He talks about loving those that are lovable. That's easy. It's easy to love those that are lovable. It's much more difficult to love those that are unlovable. And he calls us out to do those things. So does it mean to accept bad behavior? Does it mean to say that bad behavior is okay? No, that's not what it's saying. But true change, how does that happen? If you think about yourself, think about your own life and when somebody's been in your life that actually got through to you in a tough time, were they hammering you? Were they yelling at you? Were they judging you? Were they talking down to you? I would bet not. I would think that maybe the people that came to you and talked to you with a kind spirit, that talked to you in a gentle spirit, And they talk to you with logic, maybe, or talk to you from your heart or their heart. Those are the times when real true life changes happen. So we can fight fire with fire, or we can change that. And I think right now, as Christians and believers, why don't we look for that common ground? Look for something that we have in common and start there. And let's be open. Let's be open to maybe someone else's point of view. Let's do that. It doesn't mean go down a wrong path either. I'm not even suggesting that in the least. I'm just saying let's not get so hardcore in our thinking that we don't have any room for that warmth or that openness to just listen to someone else's point of view because a person's belief is their reality. Understand that, that your belief is your reality and theirs is theirs. So it's really good if we can uh, be humble. So in this day, uh, for today, when I'm praying about what am I going to talk about? Lord, what do you want me to to speak about? Um, I look for opportunities for what's happening in our world or happening in my life personally, because I think that 
our own life lessons, if we can share those and how God has worked through them, it really can help other people in their situations. Because sometimes, you know, the devil just wants us to feel like we're isolated, that we're all alone in whatever it is we're going through. And it's really a lie from the devil because there's other people that are going through similar things or they're going through them right now even. And and there's there's comfort in that. There's comfort in knowing there's other people struggling with maybe the same things you're struggling with. And when we come together and we can talk about it, be vulnerable and transparent, it really can help us heal, help us make better choices maybe. And I think that's what's needed so much right now in our world and right here on the Sue Free Show. I would love to hear from you, and I would love for you to go to Sue Free, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. I want you to go there, and I want you to connect with me because connection is so important. We need to connect with one another because we're isolated right now. We need to connect some way, somehow. And I would love to hear from you. I want to know what's going on in your life, the struggles you're facing. Even the answered prayer that you're, you're, you're experiencing would be really a blessing to, to me. And uh, maybe it could be shared on the radio. Also, if you want to be on this show, I'm always looking for guests that have a story. And don't we all? We all have a story, and I would love to hear from you. So connect with me by going to Sue Free, spelled like fries, when we're dot com. I want you to go there, and I want you to let me know what's going on. If you need prayer, if you need resources, I don't have all the answers. I'll tell you that right up front. I don't have all the answers, but I might know somebody that knows somebody that has the answer for you. So just uh, reach out, and I'll do what I can for sure. So today we're talking about humble, and it's and Rick Warren on six sixteen this year. He said, "Be humble, or you'll stumble." Wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord, and humility comes before honor. Proverbs fifteen thirty three. Wise people remain humble. Humility and teachability go together. Be humble, or you'll stumble. Now, side note to that is I've talked in other shows, other podcasts about leadership and what leadership, what it takes to be a leader. And just understand that anything, no, no matter where you're walking in life, you there are people watching you, watching how you react, how you act, what you say, what you don't say. All these things are being watched by somebody. So understand that even if you think you're not in a leader position, there is somebody watching you. And what, what you are doing can affect that person that's watching you, whether it's a small set of eyes or a larger set of eyes. You know, what you do matters. Every single thing you say matters. What you do matter. So you need to pay attention to what you're doing all the time. I say as leaders that we need to be able to say we're sorry. We need to accept responsibility when we do something wrong. I think that's so important with each and every person, whether you're a leader, a parent, a teacher, you know, any, any aspect of being a human being is that we need to say, I'm sorry. We need to accept responsibility for our, our wrong actions, our wrong choices, our, our wrong decisions. And once we do that, healing can happen and change can happen. If we don't do that, there is this wall that goes up. It's an invisible wall, but it's a wall. And it's those people that don't trust anymore. And without trust, you cannot have a relationship. So... You need to be able to accept responsibility and say you're sorry. You also need to be teachable. People that are so stuck in their ways, it's very difficult to move that mountain. It's very difficult to turn that ship, whether it's in a personal relationship or it's in business. For me in business, I tell people I am not this huge tanker in my business. I, I consider myself like a ski boat. It doesn't mean that I can't. I have to take on all information to make the right decision. But I don't have to wait so long and go through so many people to make a decision to change. And I think that's a good thing. And sometimes when things get bigger, it's harder to make those decisions and have those decisions play out. 
So we have to understand that. And being humble, no matter where we are and what we've gained, there's still so much more to learn. There's so much more that we need to do and learn, and we should never stop learning. So humility begins by simply realizing you're not God. Whenever you get stressed, repeat this to yourself. God is God, and I'm not. God is God, and I'm not. God is God, and I am not. That's humility. People who aren't humble think they're God or have ultimate control. I think about the word control right now, and uh, I think people that are used to being in control right now are not in control. When we're used to getting up in the morning and being in control of getting in our car and going to work, and now you can't, being in control of how you look, and now you have to put a mask on and breathe in this mask, it's all the controls, all the, the areas of convenience and comfort have been kind of stripped away. And it's a whole new world, isn't it? But it's a time to wake up, people. It's a time to understand there is a new world, and there's, we, we've got to be able to change with it. And some of this is so much better than it was. I'm washing my hands a whole lot more than I was before. And I'm always, I've always been clean, and I've always been sanitary. But I can tell you, I'm doing a whole lot more now than I was doing before. And I think that's not a bad thing. I went to a, uh, a restaurant that just, just opened. It was their first night open, and I was watching the bar, and a gentleman behind the bar was using his hands to take the lemon c- slices out of the container to put them in the other container so that they can be uh, barehanded put into a drink. And for some reason, that never bothered me before. But for some reason, it bothered me now. And it's just because of a new awareness. And I think that awareness is not a bad thing. How about you? The Bible says God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Do you want God to resist you? Or do you want him to give you grace? Boy, that's an easy answer for me. I don't know about you, but that's an easy answer for me. So we have a choice there, right? We can be proud or we can be humble. So which one are you going to choose? And it's a choice that we can make right here, right now, right in this second, in this minute. Are you going to be humble? Or are you going to be proud? And you need to check yourself constantly, okay? Because sometimes things creep in. And I can tell you that for me personally, when I feel like there's opposition, I have to check to see if there's pride or ego involved. I just ask myself that question. Okay, there's opposition here. We're, we're not on the same page. What's causing that? Is there ego involved? So that's a question you can ask yourself too. I'm just being real. Do you have a goal of becoming a wiser person? Do you? Get to know God. You'll be wiser in building relationships, managing money, handling conflict, diffusing problems, and dealing with all kinds of other challenges in life. The Bible tells us wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord and humility comes before honor. Humility comes before honor. Did you hear that? That's Proverbs 15.33 if you'd like to look it up. Humility says you can learn from anyone. You don't know it all. No one does. That's why we need to remain teachable, humble, and lifelong learners. Boy, I'm so in agreement with all of that. Thank you, Rick Warren. Want to grow spiritually? Accept the Bible's authority. Every word of God is flawless. Proverbs 35. A baby needs many things to grow, but the most obvious requirement is nourishment. You can hold, rock, and sing to a baby, but without milk, the baby won't grow. 
I'm going to get personal right now because I'm a new grandma. I have a granddaughter who's four months old. And my daughter trusts me enough to say, Mom, can you babysit so she could get her hair done? I thought it was going to be a two-hour process, and it ended up being a four. My daughter looks fantastic, and she feels good. But I had the baby, and she made sure she breastfed that baby right before she left. But I knew the clock was ticking. I knew I had so many hours before that baby was going to want milk. And she brought me some pumped milk, but she forgot the nipple on the bottle. So where did that leave me? Absolutely with nothing to do. uh, But hopefully my daughter would get back in time before my baby granddaughter uh, needed milk because I couldn't help her there, right? She needed nourishment, and there was only one place she could get it. And so, yes, a baby can be rocked, and boy, don't I know it. It can be rocked, it can be sang to, it can be held, which I did all of those, by the way. Um, but I could not give her milk. So they need the nourishment. Don't we all need nourishment? You're listening to The Sue Free Show. I just want to say thank you to each and every one that's listening right now. And it's no coincidence that you're listening to this show if you're new. It's no coincidence that you're listening to this show because you need to hear this message. It's God. God is wanting you to hear this. And even if there's one little golden nugget in this show, then it's worth your time. You realize that. So thank you, San Diegans, for listening. Thank you, Venturians, for listening. Thank you, up, uh, up even further up, Santa Barbara, San Luis Obispo, Santa Maria. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm just so grateful. And also KKLA, of course, where I'm sitting in the studio right now. And I took a break. You know, I took a break because um, I was trying to be safe about my health and everybody else's health. And I, um, I missed you. I missed being on the radio. And we're back again. And it's a wonderful feeling. So a baby needs nourishment. Our hearts are the same way. To grow spiritually, we need spiritual food. We get that from the Bible, God's word. 1 Peter 2, 2 says, Like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word so that you may grow up into your salvation. Grow up into your salvation. Now I'm going to pause right there and I'm going to say grow up. I'm going to say grow up because... I have friends that aren't believers at this moment, and I'll say, what are you waiting for, and what, what's the holdup? And they'll say, well, I need to clean up my act first. I need to do this first. I need to be here first. And, and that isn't what God's telling us. God's saying right here, right now, where you are, I accept you just as you are right now. God's grace is sufficient for you and for me. And so what he's saying is you don't have to wait till you clean up your act because it'll never be clean enough to really be worth what he has to offer. So you can receive him right now, and he will help you make those changes that are necessary in order for you to be uh, the way he wants. You know, he's, he's going to mold you into, and you're going to grow into the position that he created you for, the purpose that he created you for. He will help you and groom you into that position. But it's possible to read the Bible and not get anything out of it. You need certain keys to unlock scripture. One of those keys is accepting its authority. So believing in what you're reading is truth. That it's unwavering in its truth. That's a belief. You could read words on a page a hundred times over. And if you don't understand what it's saying and get it into your heart and your soul and your mind, then it's not going to make that life change that that hopefully you're desiring. The Bible says it's God's word. And we also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. The word is in work in you. 
One of the reasons why there is so much confusion in the world today is because people are listening to so many different authorities, and everybody's asking, who's right? Aren't you? Like, I look at things and I'll say, What's, is that true? Is that true? Oh, my gosh. And they're contradicting. They both can't be true, so which one's true? Get the facts. Get the figures. Where's the evidence? Where's the truth? Because things are being misconstrued. Things are being portrayed a certain way. And then you find out later, what? That's not true. That didn't happen. And it's amazing to me that they can even put that on. But we think media, TV, radio, Facebook is all true. Guess what? It's not. There are people out there. There's organizations out there that are trying to brainwash you into believing and thinking a certain way. Do you realize that? Don't be a puppet. Don't be a puppet. Gain your information. Get the facts. Whether you realize it or not, you have an authority for your life. It's what you use to make your choices. There are four unreliable sources of authority that people often use instead of scripture. The culture. People who follow this authority source say, but everybody's doing it. Yet Exodus 23, 2 warns us against it. Do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. How appropriate is that right now? Do not follow the crowd doing wrong. That's Exodus 23, 2, if you want to use that scripture as time goes on. Tradition. These people say, but we've always done it that way. Jesus told some of the religious people of his day, you have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. That's Mark 7, 8. The reason this unreliable source says, well, it seems logical, it seems rational, but scripture warns us against using our intellect as our authority source. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. This is Proverbs 16.25. Number four would be personal feelings. Throughout the United States, you'll find people saying, I believe it because I feel it. But the Bible tells about a time when the world was in anarchy because of this attitude. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That's in Judges 21-25. I hope you're writing these scriptures down because it would be nice to reference those if ever you need to be prepared with the word as God tells us to be. There's only one completely reliable authority for God. I'm sorry, for life. God's word. 2 Timothy 3.16-17 says, The whole Bible was given to us by inspiration from God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong. In our lives to straighten us out and help us do what is right it is God's way of making us well prepared at every point how to let the Bible change you do you want change in your life that would be your first question do you desire are you happy with who you are and how you are and what you are right now are you completely satisfied with where you are in your life I don't care where I would be right now. I would always say that I'm not satisfied. And why that is is because I always believe there's room for improvement. I don't know where your position is, but for me, I'm always striving for better. I want to be the best Sufris that Sufris can be. And the only way that to do that is to open up, to, to be teachable, to have a desire to learn, and accept responsibility for, for my actions in the past, learn from them, and move forward. So my question to you is, 
you know, are you ready? Do you want to? Do you want it to change you? Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. That's James 1.22. So I ask you again, you've had a little time to think about it. Do you want change in your life? And how do you let the Bible change you? Do you have a Bible? If not, go get one. Are you reading your Bible? If not, why not? If not now, when? And, and you know, if you think about your life and, and in your final days, you know, a lot of times people wait till then. How sad. How sad that is. I'm glad that they at least do that then, but wouldn't it be better to live this life that God created for us now and, and get his blessings now instead of waiting? Let's imagine together that you want to get serious about your physical health. You buy a book about exercise and tell a friend about it. It's going to change my life, you say. Then six months later, you see your friend again, and you're still in the same shape. Hmm. It's the greatest book I've ever read, you say. I underlined parts of it, memorized whole sections, and even started a study group about it. But you never practiced what the book taught, so it didn't change you. Do you find yourself doing the same thing with God's Word? You may mark your Bible, but do you let your Bible mark you? That's a good one, isn't it? You know, I look at my Bible that I've had for a very long time. It's got tattered pages and highlighter and all of those. And I have little written notes as to a year and what that meant to me at that point in time in my life. And then I go back and I read that scripture again, like, let's say 10 years later. And do you know that I can read that same sentence, that same line? And to me, it has a whole new unveiling of principle, message, belief than it had 10 years before. Why? Did the word change? No. But I had changed. I had changed. I'm in a new place now, 10 years later. It could be 10 months later. It could be 10 days later. But scripture has a way of doing that. And I kind of picture it like an onion, and when I was going through a lot of self-healing uh, with God's help, thank you, Lord, um, I just remember feeling like I was an onion and that my onion, me, was being peeled back one layer of a time. If you know the onion and you can picture that onion, is that's us. As humans, as we have layers, layers of healing, layers of pain or beliefs, and it's one layer at a time that get peeled away to where we're this new creation. The book of James says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says, James 1, To receive the blessings of the Bible, you have to respond to it and let it change you. If you haven't practiced intentionally responding to God's word, it might be hard to know where to start. And here are some questions you can ask yourself as you read a passage of scripture. I have 30 seconds left, and so I'm going to leave you hanging for the second half because I want to start right there. Does this show me a sin I need to confess or an attitude I need to change? That's the first question. How many times do we find that there's something, there's this little tiny feeling or voice that's telling us that something's just not right here? So we will be back with more of the Sue Free Show right after this brief, brief break.
What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma, revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, Learning to Breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard, or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS, termitelady.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, Ecola Termite and Pest Control Services, for sponsoring this show. We could not be here without you, Ecola, so we just are so grateful and thankful for um, your willingness to support this program. Listen, if you are looking for a career and uh, you're in transition right now, I just want to say that Ecola is hiring. And as a sponsor, I want to take a little time to just talk about Ecola because I think it's important that you guys understand that, you know, nobody wakes up one morning and says, I want to be in the pest control business. I've been in it 40 years, and I can tell you that I've done my research. And every time I ask somebody how they got involved, it was never I went to college or I just made a decision one day that I wanted to be in the pest control business. It's something that just happened. But I can tell you that most people... I would say 98% of the people that I ask are very grateful and thankful for the opportunity of this industry. So it is a great industry to be in. It has a lot of opportunity. I would love it if you wanted to be part of our team. We have six offices covering from San Diego to San Luis Obispo. So no matter where you're listening, no matter where you're living, uh, if you wanted to work with us, we would love to hear from you. Just go to termitelady.com. And on that uh, page, you'll, you'll get a fast application. And uh, you just fill that out, send it in, and then we'll, we'll have a conversation. If you are licensed, you need to have a clean driving record, and you need to have a driver's license, of course. But if you are licensed in our industry as a applicator, branch two, branch three, those that know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about. Um, but if you have those, we are really, really super, super interested in hearing from you. 
um, because we are in need of people right here, right now. We've got so many customers that are coming out of this uh, situation right now, and they've been at home and they've been noticing things that maybe they were too busy to notice or take care of, and now is time for them to focus on it. And so we're getting call after call after call, and we just want to be able to service everybody, and so we need people. And we do practice um, extra uh, disinfecting processes. We have PPE. We've always done PPE because we are dealing with chemicals and we are required to do. Uh, we are highly regulated to um, have the PPE program, which means wearing a respirator, wearing gloves, wearing booties when we go into a home, wearing coveralls. We just know how to end goggles when we're mixing product and, and uh you know, doing our treatments. So just know that we understand all that. We are an essential company. We have been continually working during this process and we do have a leave it clean program. And I just want to mention that because I'm very proud of that is that we leave the house cleaner, more sanitary than it was when we first arrived. We do take precaution. We wear our mask. We ask if there's anybody sick in the house because we don't want to um, have our people get sick and we don't want to have anybody sick. We want people well. That's part of what we do is try to protect people. You know, fleas can um, carry disease. They can, uh, like typhus, uh, somebody died from typhus from a flea that bit them that was on a rat. So the rodent problem is a huge problem, and uh, we can take care of rodent issues. We take care of mosquito issues, which also, you know, the Zika situation and um the uh, West Nile virus, we have that uh, that we're protecting and, and uh, getting rid of, too. Um, you know, we have a lot of different methods and programs for uh, getting rid of the problem. We have alternative treatments like the heat process. It's not being a fumigation. It's a heat process. It's using clean, hot air. So we have the electric gun, 90,000 volts of electricity. So I could I could list uh, keep going, but I don't want to because I want to get back to the spirit and, um, you know, what we're talking about here. I just wanted to give... Ecola, a shout out, and uh, we are hiring, and we really, really need good people. I always say I can train skills, but I cannot train attitude. I want the best of attitudes working for me. Nothing, no job too big, too small is too good or too not good for anybody. I, I, you know, I clean toilets, I vacuum, I do whatever's necessary to get the job done, and I expect the same attitude from everybody that works with me. Uh, so I'm hoping this will help. Um, anyway, so I'm going to get back to. So before we left for break, uh, Rick Warren, I was uh, reading a um, article from Rick Warren. I just uh, I love what he has to say. And uh, we were talking about life change. We were talking about having the Bible change us. And uh, the question right before break was, does this show me a sin I need to confess or an attitude I need to change? We need to ask ourselves that when we're going through life, when we're making decisions and choices. Does God give me a command to obey or an example to follow? Well, see, you'd have to be in his word to know that, right? You'd need to be in his word. And it's very simple to find what you're looking for. At first, when I was getting into the Bible, I didn't understand that, you know, the Bible is a rule book for life. And that when you're looking for something, it might not say exactly what you're going through, but it has words that will help you in wisdom to help you with making the choice that God would want you to make. Is there a prayer in this passage of scripture that I can pray for myself or for other people? There are prayers in the Bible, and these prayers are really good, and it can teach you how to pray, like your words that you choose, like having authority. Uh, and the and the blood of the lamb and and Jesus in Jesus name because the power's in his name the power's in his name how to use the bible like a mirror anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror 
and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like or she looks like. James 1, 23, 24. That's so interesting. That says so much, doesn't it? Is you, you have an image, you, you know, you're looking at an image and the minute you walk away, you forgot what that image is. When you're reading, there's images that come into your mind. There's visions that come into your mind when you're reading. But the minute you walk away from whatever you're reading in the scripture and what it's trying to tell you, you forget about it. And he's telling you, you know, that's not what we want to do. We want to really listen to his word. We want to really, you know, um, nourish like the baby with the milk. We want to nourish our bodies with his word. When was the last time you looked in a mirror? You probably look in it at least once every day, maybe even multiple times. Why do you look in a mirror? You use it to evaluate yourself. And then you do something about what you see. My hair's messed up. Ooh, I got a little black speck there. Uh, need to touch up my lipstick would be for a female. A man is like, oh, I need to shave. Uh, you know, I got to work on my hair. Whatever it is. The Bible says that God's word is like a mirror. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like or what he needed to do to change would be another way of saying that. And that's James 1, 23, 24. That's two times now that it's brought that up, right? Just as a mirror reflects what you look like on the outside, God's word reflects what you're like on the inside. What's more important? Those are my questions. That's my question to you. What's more important, your inside or your outside? I used to tell my daughter, I said, you are as beautiful inside as you are outside. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. I mean, I would prefer, you know, my children be beautiful inside. I think they're very beautiful outside because I'm their mother, of course, but I do think they're very attractive. But their inside, their heart is where it's at for me. I want to make sure that, that they've got a good heart. Have you ever seen yourself in the Bible? Hebrews 4.12 says that God's word discerns your heart's thoughts and intents. That's a reason many people don't read the Bible. They're afraid to look into the mirror of God's word and see themselves as they really are. There's a saying that says who you are when no one's looking is who you really are. Have you ever heard that? Who you are when no one's looking is who you really are. If you're ready to use God's word as a mirror into your own soul, the book of James gives you three practical ways to do this. First, read it. But don't just read it. Don't read it casually. Read it carefully. Like the person in James 1.25, who looks intently into the perfect law. We all have just glanced into a mirror, walked quickly away and forgotten all the details of what we'd seen. But God wants us to spend time gazing into the mirror of his word. Next, review it. That same verse in James talks about the person who doesn't just look once into God's word, but continues to do so. James 1.25. This person comes to God's word over and over. Jesus told his followers, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. John 8.31. And Psalm 119.97 says, How I love your teachings. I think about them all day long. How I love your teachings. I think about them all day long. That's in Psalms. Finally, remember the Bible. 
James 1.25, talks about people who, after reading God's word, remember what they have heard. Nothing will do more for your spiritual life than developing the habit of memorizing scripture. I love memorizing scripture. And personally, what I do is I have index cards, and they're on a little metal ring with a hole punch through it. And I wanted to, to put them in separate categories, you know, so that I could look up certain things depending on where I was in my life and what I needed em- empowering or an inspiration on. But what I'm doing is I'm just writing scriptures that I really like, that really talk to me, that really are something that I want to lean on during a time of trouble, that gives me strength in times of trouble. And so I have these scriptures, and so I read them. I read them, and, you know, if you read something often enough, it's going to become memorized, and, and that's the goal. So maybe that would work for you because that's something very special for me. And I love it when I go into my Bible and I find highlighted, highlighted areas in my Bible. And I'll go back and just read the highlighted areas because I remember what it was that touched me during that highlighting. And it brings back a memory, but also it tells me where I was then and, and it shows me where I am now. And I think that's important for us to understand that there's growth. You know, that is it milk or is it meat? Is it milk? Is it honey? Is it meat? You know, where are we at in the process? This is the Sue Free Show, and I just want to welcome you and say thank you so much for listening. I am so humbled and so grateful for um, you to listen to the show. Um, it does take preparation, and it does take, obviously, the Holy Spirit and God to be with us during this time because I want my words to be his words. I want the message to be his message to you, listener. You, yes, you. Okay, and sometimes I get images of people. They'll be driving, or they'll be sitting, and they'll be crying, or or something. I'm not getting uh, an image right now, and I think there's a lot of anger and there's a lot of un- uncomfortableness. There's just discomfort because we just don't know what we don't know, and what we don't know can hurt us. And so everything that's going on, it's like there's so uh, so much uncertainty on where this is going and what's happening. So I always tell myself, and I tell those that I love, is like focus on what you have something that you have control over or something that you can do something about. Focus on those things because a lot of these things, there's not much we can do about them, right? There's not much we can do about them. But there are things that we can do that can help those that we're, you know, in, in contact with, whether it's reaching out to people that we haven't heard from lately. Maybe they're so isolated that, you know, they're feeling depressed or even suicidal, God forbid, But, you know, just reaching out to those people could be a very, very helpful thing. So, um, you know, in this this time of uncertainty, it's really important that we focus on what we can do something about. So what are you doing during this time? And my thought is, is this message is so perfect for right now because what you can do is get your Bible out. What you can do is get on your knees and you can pray and you can raise your hands and you can ask, look up to heaven and ask God to come down and just be with you and show his presence to you. And let him be known to you. And let change happen. Let his change happen in you. And the best way to do that, as this is saying, is that reading scripture, memorizing scripture can be what you're looking for and what you need. So scripture Psalm 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Another way to remember God's word is by writing down what God teaches you, Hebrews 2, 1 says. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Next time God teaches you something during a sermon or a devotional time, 
write it down. Give it earnest heed so that it doesn't slip away. There's so many times where I'm wanting to know, gosh, Lord, what do you want me to talk about next week on the show? And I'll be in church when we could go to church or when I hear, hear a service, and I'll write something down saying, oh, that's so good. That's so good. Oh, my goodness. That, that just changed something in my spirit. And I want to share that with others. And it's so good to do that. And like I was saying about my Bible, I have little things written in the sides. Uh, we'll be in Romans. We'll be somewhere in the Bible. And something comes to me, and I'll write it down on the side note. And it's just so important to reflect and to go back to that. It's really good. It's really great. Uh, remember that person who gazes in the mirror and then uses it to change himself? You can be that person when you reflect on God's word by reading, reviewing, and remembering. Reviewing. Reading, reviewing, and remembering it. Are you doing that? That's a good word right there. So moving right along, God's love changes everything. Do you believe that? I love you with an everlasting love. That's in Jeremiah 31, 3. Nothing you've ever done or will ever do can stop God from loving you. God said in Jeremiah 31, 3. I love you with an everlasting love. Do you know how long everlasting is? It's forever. You can't make God stop loving you. He will love you forever. His love isn't based on what you do. It's based on who he is. Good thing, right? <laughs> the only reason you're alive is because God made you to love you. That's why God sent his son. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. If you took that one scripture, it's probably the most popular scripture in the entire Bible. If you go to in and out and you look at the bottom of the ring of the cup, it has John 3.16 there. Did you know that? A lot of people don't. I think it's surprising that they don't know. But, you know, I mean, in and out doesn't promote that. It's just there. And, you know, they, they treat their people that way, and it's a wonderful thing. So John 3.16, memorize it. And if you break this scripture down, it says so much in that one line. God wants you to know his love even more. He wants you to feel his love. God's love will transform you when you feel it. It turns somebody who is hateful, bigoted, or racist into a kind, gentle, and loving person. When God's love hits your heart, it changes you. I'm wondering how many people right now, I'm, I'm seeing lots of people listening right now, and I thank you for that. And I'm, I'm wondering how many of you just heard what I said there, and that at one point in time in your life, you could get on this show and you could tell me that you were full of hate, that you were full of uh, racism, and that once you found the Lord, your heart was changed, and now your changed heart, your changed actions are kind, gentle, and loving. There's a lot of anger in the world. And I can tell you firsthand that what I've realized is when people are angry, they're replacing their hurt with anger. It's a very interesting concept. So if you are an angry person, I'm challenging you and I'm, I'm asking you to really dive in. And it could be painful. It's worth the pain. The pain has to be worth the gain. I'm telling you it's worth the gain. But do a self-evaluation, and if you are an angry person, I've lived this, and I can tell you, my father was a very angry man, and people that I had in my life after my father 
very angry. You never knew when that volcano was going to erupt. And I can tell you that it's passive-aggressive a lot of the times. And, you know, people that are around, they want, they want that passive side, but they get the aggressive side, and they just don't know what to do with it. And they run or they shake or they just um, can't live a comfortable, peaceful life. So if you are one of those people, can you do yourself a favor and all your family members and the people that you surround and affect? Can you ask the Lord to reveal to you what has hurt you so badly, what you're hiding from, what you're, what you're running from, and face it head on? Face that anger head on. Get rid of that anger so that you can live a kind and peaceful life and affect people in a positive way, which is what you know in the deepest of your deepest heart. You want that. But you're angry. You are so doggone angry. And it's not doing you any good, and it's not doing those that you come in contact with either. So that is a Holy Spirit moment. That was totally not in my notes. It's totally God directing me, and it's not comfortable for me. But it's something that needs to be said for anyone that's listening that you know. You can look at yourself right now in the mirror or just think. Close your eyes and see. You're angry. You need to get a handle on that anger. And you can't, you can't stuff it because you've been stuffing it for a very long time. And you can't stuff it anymore. It's just going to keep erupting and exploding and oozing out. And it's not doing anybody any good. So you need to get help. You need to get, you need to get um, released and freed from the bondage of anger. And it only happens when you realize where the hurt started that hurt. You need to go there. Really, please contact me, connect with me, please. And I'll pray for you. I might have resources, but you need to get a handle on this anger because it's hurt. And God wants you to be whole. He wants you to be healed and freed from the bondage of secrets, from anger, from hurt. He wants that for you. And I'm speaking out of love right now. I hope you hear my heart. I mean, I just want you to have all that God created for you and for those that you um, impact. Because believe me, you impact. If your life hasn't changed, then you don't know God. You can't have somebody as big as God come into your life and not be changed by it. When God's love comes into your life, it changes how you react to everyone else. When you truly understand and experience the love of God, you can't help but pass it on to others. In fact, Jesus described it like this. I give you a new command. Love one another just as I have loved you. You must also love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, do you have love for one another? Do you love yourself? Do you love yourself enough to do the work? To get the healing you need. Do you love yourself enough? Do you love those that you impact? If you're not going to do it for them, I mean for yourself, do it for them. Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So when you're going through this process, I would memorize that scripture. It says, 
be strong and courageous, which it does take strength and it takes courage to face these things head on. Believe me, I've been here. I've been here. I've done the work and I know firsthand. And I can tell you, I'm on the other side and I'm so grateful that I was given, that God granted me the opportunity to get the healing I needed from decisions and choices that Sufri's had made over the time life of her life. And I wouldn't be sitting here right now. I wouldn't be sharing with you if I hadn't gone through all those things. My life would have been a whole different life. And I feel very grateful. You know, bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. What matters is what do you have control over? What can you do something about? Start with you. Start with the person in the mirror like Michael Jackson. Start with the man in the mirror. Start with the person in the mirror. Look in the mirror and say, am I thrilled with who I am right now? Lord, can you reveal to me where I need to change? I guarantee you he'll give it to you. So a prayer when you are facing change. Are you ready? Lord, I fight against change so often. I settle into what's comfortable and what's known. But I know you are doing something new. Thank you that even when everything changes around me, you always remain the same. Faithful, true, trustworthy, and full of grace. Please help me know where to go and what to do. Show me when to say goodbye to the old and how to welcome new season and opportunity. Please remind me of your presence and help me. Be strong and courageous, knowing that you are with me. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you, everyone. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless. Bye-bye. It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. Ecola has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. Ecola keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call Ecola today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.